0: Together in the house of God, nice, bright, sunny Sunday morning just does something to our spirits when we can look out the window and see the sun shining, and we know that the Son of God is shining in our lives as well, and we're so thankful for that, for the Word of God that is manifested to us. And everybody said, Amen. "Amen." Praise the Lord. God bless everyone that's gathered with us, and. Good to see your faces, and we look by faith and see those that are connected with us online. Pray God will richly bless you, and we're just looking forward to what Brother Tim has for us this morning. Come and dine, the Master calleth.
1: <coughs> Jesus has a table spread, where the saints of God are fed. He invites you, to the people of They fight man, for oh, the master calls to them. Oh, come and dine. There they found their hearts to die. Bread and fish are called to fire. Does he satisfy the hungry every time? Oh, come and dine, the master calls. Come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. water into wine, To the hungry fall and down, come and die, soon the Lamb will take it bright, to be ever at its side. all the hopes of heaven will assemble the will be a glorious sight, all the saints, of the fight, that would be the
2: water
1: I'd like us to all stand this morning and like to
0: sing that third verse again. I was listening. I got up early because we had time change, and so my body said it was an hour later than it really was. And so I had time this morning, and I felt I was listening, going to listen to the breach that the prophet preached. And this is a song he sang on there. And I was just so encouraged and inspired by how Brother Branham presented the Lamb coming forth to take the book, the book of redemption. And he met every requirement and everything that was on the title deed against the human race. He met every requirement. He struck every claim against the human race off right there. Praise God. At Calvary. And he was worthy to go and take that book of redemption And release those names that were in the book. And my name was there. Your name. Our name was there. Amen. Oh my. I just was having myself a jubilee this morning. And soon the Lamb will take His bride. He's redeemed us. Now He's come back to claim us. So He's going to take His bride to be ever at His side. Amen. Praise the Lord. Soon the Lamb will take His
1: bride. To be ever at his side, all the hosts of heaven will assemble thee. Oh, it will be a glorious sight, all the saints in spotless white, and with Jesus they will be eternally. Oh, come and die, the Master called, come and die. You may be at Jesus' table, Call and come and die. You made me set the table all the time. He paid the multitude turned the water into wine to the hungry. Call them now. Come and die.
0: Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He became me that I might become him by grace.
1: He became me so that I might become Him by grace.
0: your name, Lord Jesus. We worship you and we praise you, Lord. We thank you, Father. Just have a couple of uh, notes here. Um, One is a testimony from Brother Josh McKenna. It says, I just want to thank God for his healing. I have been suffering with back pain and on Sunday I could not come to the altar But I was prayed for in the kitchen. And ever since then, the pain left and I haven't felt it since. Oh, praise God. God doesn't care where you are. His word is the same. And if we believe him, he'll be faithful. Amen. Praise God. Sister Francine Gindo has a request here this morning for her mother who's in the Congo. She had a stroke yesterday, and she is currently, currently in ICU uh, with lung issues as well. And Sister Francine writes, may the Lord deal with her soul in this time. Amen. Maybe we can just go to prayer now. Lord Jesus, we worship you this morning. in this solemn assembly, in this congregation, Father, in these courts of praise, Lord, we lift up your name, O Lord Jesus. And we say, how great thou art, O God, that you step down all the way down from glory to come to our level, Lord. To take our place, Lord. To take every claim that the enemy had against the human race, Father. And you wipe that title deed clean, Lord. With the very blood that you shed upon the altar. With the very stripes that you took upon your back, Lord Jesus. You gave your life for us, Lord. You sacrificed yourself for us, Lord. You went all the way, O Lord. All the way, Lord. Love drove you to it, Father. You became us, Lord, that we might become you by grace, O God. How we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. And that you not only redeemed us, Lord. It's not just a historical event, Lord. But you have come to claim, Lord, that which you redeemed. And bring us unto yourself by your living word, O God, manifested in our hearts, Lord manifested in our lives through the revealing of the Son of God, the pillar of fire manifesting the Word to us in this day, Lord, through that seventh angel message, Lord God. Oh, God, how we thank you for it, Lord. That high post, oh God, that anchor that we have for our soul, oh God, that absolute Lord Jesus that, Helps us to stand in this perilous times, O oh God. Oh we give you glory this morning, Lord. We lift up your holy name, O oh God. We love you, Lord Jesus. Oh, let the quickening power of God fall upon us this morning, O oh God. Let us rise into, Lord, that which you have in store for us, Father, by predestination, O oh God. By foreknowledge, Lord, by election, O God, we take our place this morning, Father. We believe it, Lord. We express it, Father. We love it, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for it, Father, that you have made us, Lord. You have made us worthy, Lord. You have redeemed us, Father, you have quickened us, O oh God, by your very spirit, Lord Jesus. How we thank you, Father. You are the same yesterday today and forever, O oh God. Oh Father, we thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you for your love, Father. Thank you, that you hear, Lord, that you answer, Father, that you are faithful, O oh God. Thank you for testimonies of your grace to our people, O God. We remember Sister Gendo's mother, Father. Oh, how we cry out for our loved ones, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, that you would save them, Lord. That you would reveal yourself to them, Father. And Sister Gendo has penned penned down a request, O God. Her mother's in need, Lord Jesus. But more than that, she's in need of revelation, O oh God. Oh Lord Jesus, have your way in her life, Father, we pray. Oh God, across the seas, over in Congo, she lays in the ICU, Lord God. Would you just come down in your presence this morning, Father? Might the afternoon or evening over there, Lord God, the angel of God descend and hover over her, Father. Raise her up, Lord God. Reveal Yourself unto her, Lord Jesus. Grant it, O God, we pray. Just have Your way, Lord God. And we give You this service this morning, Lord. We give You every part, Father. We humble ourselves before You, Lord. Pray You'd anoint our brother Tim Dodd, Lord, as he comes to minister, Father. Oh, God, may you speak through him, Lord Jesus. The words that we have need of, oh God. The spiritual food in due season, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Have your way this morning, Father. We just give you all these things, Lord. We commit everything unto thee, oh God, in the precious and holy name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can have your seats this morning. I'd like to sing, there's a fountain that is flowing. Have you been beneath the fountain? Brother Tom is going to come after we sing this. You want me to sing it after? You want to come now? You want to come now? All right. God
2: bless you. Yeah.
3: Good morning. God bless you all. I'd like to greet you in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Nice to be back in the house of God. Like One brother said you made it to the back. You made it to the front. Now here at the pulpit, so that's what it's supposed to be, and um, I just wanted to convey a few thoughts on my heart, and to thank you, of course, of the many, many, many prayers that have gone up. I'm going to follow what I've laid out here, because if not, I'll start preaching, and that'd be trouble. Tim won't get out here till noon. So I just... Um, I want to say is Joshua, Joshua said here in in three, uh, Joshua three verse four, and they were going over into the inheritance that God was giving them, and they went around in forty years under a unbelieving virus, and he stood strong for forty years, with a million nine hundred and nine hundred and ninety eight people unbelieving he still has in his heart we're going over. Nothing deterred him from obtaining the promise. And I want to say with everything Brother Nathan was praying, we're living in perilous times. We never expected to be where we are today. And yet we've been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. To stand true, to stand strong and victorious. Can I give you a testimony? I was at uh, just calling, we were talking to uh, to the Hendrickson's yesterday brother Doug I was in contact with brother Doug and just seeing how they were doing and what the feel of the people are and we're just talking away and I said well thanks brother Doug it's been great talking to you I can't see your face but it's lovely seeing hearing your voice and sister Karen shouted out unsolicited tell brother Biscoll you and Brother Biscoll have preached us to maturity. We'll stand whatever comes our way. I thought, man, I love that kind of faith. And I love that. And Sister Karen didn't actually know what she was saying. But it's true. And it doesn't matter what comes our way, we're going to stand. And God has given us the word for that. We are, as we understand it, going into this time. And, and I never dreamt that Satan would take a whack at me the way he did. And put me on my back now for close to eight weeks. But I want to tell you God's answered prayers. All the saints that are listening in this morning, all the young children that have prayed for me, families that have gathered. I want to say, like Caleb said, I'm stronger now than I was before. and a supernatural strength, day by day, I feel stronger And I shall, Lord willing, by the time Thanksgiving rolls around, I'll be ready to maybe come and stand before the people. But I want to express my thanksgiving both to Brother Tim Dodd. I've asked to take last Wednesday and Sunday morning because of the missions meeting, and so he's able to lay out whatever God put on his heart on Wednesday, continue on this morning. He's been wonderful, Brother Murphy's services have been tremendous, Michael and Brother John Andes. We thank God for the gifts that have been put in the body. For the direction that the pastor has given us over these many, many years. We're a blessed people. And it's so wonderful to see your faces today. I've watched you for over four weeks on the internet. In a hospital bed. And I just said, cameramen, show me the people again. We love you. We lay our lives down for you. Our interest is not on our own selves, but our interest, of course, is for you, and how you're being dealt with and how the Holy Spirit is feeding you and, and God has given us wonderful gifts in the body. We're in a dark hour, but can I say shalom? Arise and shine. Your light has come. God has prepared us for this time. We're not weaker. We're stronger and we will go forward. And I want to thank you for all your love gifts, your emails text some brother said to my son the other day can we text brother tom now well apparently hundreds have done that already so he said absolutely he'd love to hear from you so my email is thomas a at gmail.com i know i did that once before i gave my phone number and i got a call immediately from greece you gave out your phone number so we thought we'd call you and tell you we support you i said praise the lord It was a wonderful thing, but that is for the local assembly, and I've had many, many around the world, and I want to thank you for that. We don't know what's laying ahead. I talked to Brother David Mayer yesterday. France is shut down. They're not allowed to leave their home except for taking the children to school, pick up groceries, or medications that elders might have. Britain has just followed along on that same course. shut down 50 to 60 million people. And we're just a country of 33, 34 million. And the province, then break it down to that. We don't know what lays ahead. But I want you to know that the pastor, myself, the deacons, we have agonized over decisions that we make. They're not arbitrary decisions. They're decisions that we make in prayer and wondering what the Lord would have. I just asked the deacons yesterday... All the deacons are unified in the decisions that we'd like to do going forward. Not one contrary statement was made. And I think that's a wonderful tribute to the pastor to know that we have deacons that are following along in the line and the vision of what we're doing going forward. I'm sorry I couldn't text you for about four weeks. Because I didn't have a, only had a left thumb to text. And you wouldn't believe the words that went, came up on my texting when you're trying to say the right word, a weird word. And so I would send, try to send. And the people said, well, what's brother Tom trying to say? And of course, one of my friends says, are you sure Tom is in this world or is he in another world? So I, I stopped and uh, my shame. But I want to thank you. Thank you all. As Brother Biscoe said, our hearts ache to be together again. All the saints on the U.S. side are as much a part of my body as you are. It kills us. It agonizes us. Our hearts, as Brother Biscoe said, my heart aches. And then he looked at me and said, our heart aches. To see us together once again. But we'll take the leadership of what the pastor lays down. And we'll go that way. And uh, as I said, I've got 10 deacons replies saying the same thing. Lord willing, I'll be passed back at my post of duty either November the 22nd or the 29th. I'm looking to Thanksgiving because I haven't been able to stand on or put pressure on my right foot as such. But I want everybody to know all is well. All is well. All is strong. I put a little bit of weight on my ankle and there's no pain. There's nothing. Um, I didn't realize my arm was going to my foot. My thigh was going to my arm. I'm a mixed up body. But I'm a healed body. And I want to say to the saints, whether you are on past the 49th parallel or on Canada side, we are one body. That's what the scripture says. We're one body. We've been called under the headship of this local assembly, and we will be guided by that. My vision is my pastor's vision. I've been under that for over 45 years. I will continue to assist, guide, help, and lay my life down for you. The ram said, "This in North and North it not. Let me prophesy, just before it comes to pass. The whole world is groping in insanity, and we are seeing insanity manifesting. But there is a people that are sane by the message of the hour, which is the very mind of God. We don't have any other mind but what that prophet taught us." But Ram said he, in adoption, he said, Do you think cancer is something? These are all prophecies. This is adoption. Do you think cancer is something? He said, there's coming a time when men will rot in their flesh. Buzzards will eat off their carcass. Things will come on and make cancer look like a toothache. I say it's manifesting time. Hell's opened up his borders, but heaven has come down to guide a people victorious as he did to the children of Israel. We preached about Caleb. We say, we're Caleb's. We are Caleb's. It doesn't matter if there's unbelief around us. We are Caleb's in any situation. Caleb had to endure, as I said before, for 40 years. We've only endured for eight months. We might go 10 months. It might go 12 months. We don't know what the wave is, but Brother Biscoll, myself, the deacons... We're taking inventory week by week before we make some of these decisions. Every day is changing. We got a new order on Friday. Nobody's now allowed to use this mic because I'm using it. Brother Tim has a head mic, so he's fine. Brother Nathan has his head mic, that's fine. If you sing, you have to sing from a mic and put it on the ground. We've never heard of such stuff. But that is what the order is. The order is saying you can only have six other people. At your home. It's crazy. It's literally crazy. But that's the order. And so we will go forward. We will stand in the word. We don't know what the health department's going to do next week. As soon as there's a change, we have a discussion and we talk about it. Not by emotion, but by what's best for the sheep. And we've only got one thing on our mind. What's best for the sheep? We agonize over every decision. What is the benefit of the sheep? Discussions are held weekly. Things change. But we made an announcement. I think brother Nathan maybe just skipped over it real quick last week that there is no more Sunday mornings at the camp at Mount Baker. The deacons are definitely all in, all in line with that. I talked to some of the technicians. They're all in line with that. And nobody has voiced anything different, as far as the technicians, deacons, or ministry. All of us are yearning to be back together. All of us. Does it kill us? Yeah, it kills us. But we know, saints of God, we have something stronger. As as the Bible says, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Things go on in this assembly that you'll never hear of. Because it's just, we're supernatural people. We had a young lady that moved here from Africa just a few months ago. Wanted me to dedicate the baby. Joanne was with us. We were in my office. And he was a handful. Very much over the top handful. And the mother just said, we need to pray for my son. I gave a testimony of one of my grandchildren. And how the God changed the nature. God so changed his nature. Not my grandson, this young boy. In the last three or four weeks since I've been in the hospital, before I went, the deacons marveled at the how much of a gentleman he was. And how he helped and sat like a young man and said, I'll help my mommy, I'm the, I'm the man of the house. God's working amongst us saints. That's just one little testimony we have many to share and we will do that when i get back i i'm going to close with this i i'd read it years ago and of course you know you the holy spirit brings back thoughts and i thought man i'm going through a rough time i'm 66 years old and uh you know here i am i haven't changed jonah from when i was 21 to what i am today i haven't changed I, i can say i'm stronger Today. So then I remember Brother Bram saying a, 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 a quote here in Humble Thyself. I thought it was a great message to maybe hear, Humble Thyself. He said, if I was allotted 25 years, which would you take? He said, would you take 25 to 50? 50, 50 to 75? Or 75 to 100? And, you know, my automatic response being that I've been just... i uh, been like a... Uh, no, I won't say that. Just all done up. I said, I'll take the 25 again. And, of course, I knew what the end result was. Brother Brown said, I would choose 75 to 100. Well, man, I want to be what the prophet said. I choose 75 to 100. He says, why? Why would I choose 75 to 100? He said, I'd be smarter, wiser... And more settled. And I thought how gracious God has given us a pastor. That has been able then to take the wisdom of God. He's smarter, wiser, settling the sheep. I want to close one more time just to say thank you. Some people know I like chocolate. Brother David Mayer called me from France. He says, I guess we'll have to ship you over. You better come over and get your chocolate. But right at the right time, whatever you gave was exactly what I needed. Your comments, your prayers, your songs. Brother Ryan wrote a song for myself and Brother Ron Spencer sent it to me. I've heard it hundreds of times because it was ministering to my soul. So God has given us gifts in the body to make this body one. And we'll keep preaching that and believing for that. And thank you, Tim, for a, Let me have this time to address you all. I want to say from the depths of my soul, you know, I've loved you. I've held you in prayer. And I thank God for every one of your lives and your children. And I thank God for the position he's put me in and been able to be led of the Lord through the ministry and pastorship of Brother Biscoll. So God bless you. And thank you for lending me in your hearts.
4: People that are streaming who can't even come to a service, and all they have is Mm streaming.
0: Thank you, Brother Tom. We really appreciate you, and we admire you, and you're a real soldier thank you for your zeal and your faithfulness and your love for the people amen brother Biscoe was just mentioning and we definitely want to we we'll want to uh, just welcome all those that that are brother biskel was saying just all over the globe they they join us by streaming maybe don't even have a place to fellowship but we just want to welcome you all and Tell you that we appreciate you and pray that God will really bless you and strengthen you. And as the word goes forth across the pulpit here, that the Holy Spirit will just continually move and raise you up in Christ Jesus. Amen. Because we're a body. We don't even know one another. And maybe we'll only meet on the other side around the throne. But we're still a body. And we pray for one another. We remember one another. and My, it's going to be a wonderful reunion, isn't it? Praise the Lord. Maybe we can sing that song now, Have You Been Beneath the Fountain. We'll invite our brother Tim to come and minister unto us. There's a fountain that is flowing. (coughs)
1: There's a fountain that is flowing.
4: Have you been beneath the fountain? Amen. Have you been beneath the fountain, I said? amen. Amen. I thought there should have been a better reaction to that. Amen. Greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Good to be in the house of the Lord. And good to be gathered together wherever you are in your homes, wherever you are. Brother John Andy says, I'm at the camp, streaming already, getting ready for the service there. So God bless you and welcome to each and every one it's good to serve the lord you know i was i was praying this morning you know brother ed was mentioning something in the room that touched him this morning brother tom was mentioning something that touched him i was actually praying something that touched me about uh, about this whole situation that we find ourselves in and i said lord i'm sorry we used to blend our voices together singing we used to have this place full and, and lift up our voices in worship, and and it, and some comments even that we've heard from around the world is that, you know, we miss that. We miss seeing that on the internet and on the service, the, those beautiful voices from Cloverdale. But imagine what it's going to be like on the other side. Amen. We'll endure, and it is enduring. And, uh, I I don't know what the Lord hears when we all sing, and we might have 50 in each section of the church here, and maybe you've got a few at home or wherever you're gathered. You know, maybe the Lord hears us all together, but won't it be nice when we all get together and rejoice and worship the Lord together? Appreciated those words this morning. Brother Tom, may God give you the desire of your heart, is our prayer, and uh Let's just bow our heads together this morning as we go to him in prayer. If you're desiring something from the Lord this morning, just hold that in your heart before him as we uh, present ourselves for service this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, you, as Brother Tom said, there are gifts in the body. Lord, you place each one individually in the place that you saw for them Before the foundation of the world, we appreciate the labors of the leadership of the pastor and the associate pastor, Lord. Lord, let them lead and inspire them to lead, for we certainly need the leadership in this hour. We appreciate the labors of the deacons and the trustees, Lord. We appreciate all of the labors of the, of the technical staff making it possible, Lord, to stream these services into our homes and, or, or listen to them later. And as already been said, there's many around the world that are benefiting from the, uh, the streaming and the archiving that's going on, Lord. May you continually use it, Father, for your glory and bless the ones that are laboring in it. I think of, Uh, Brother Michael and the heavy load that he has, Lord, has so many, as it were, things that he's juggling, oh God. Bless him and strengthen him, Lord, we pray. And we thank you for the musicians. And we thank you for every member of the body. Maybe it's someone just praying of a certain morning or evening, Lord. But that prayer touches your throne. And that moves the kingdom of God forward. Lord, you're mindful of every part. You were mindful of the little widow woman that put the two mites in the offering. And you brought a great lesson out of it, Lord. And showed us, O oh God, that the mind and the eye of God sees the littlest thing. And it's not insignificant to you, Lord. i thinking, Lord, of when a prophet... What you were going to speak to a prophet... But you had him throw a rock up into the air. That's, people might say, what's that mean? It's a little something, a little action that brings a reaction. And Lord, may you just anoint every member of the body. And as we turn back the pages of your word, I pray, Lord, that you'll just anoint us this morning. We might want to compress the time because of the events of the day and the early service this afternoon. But we want to yield ourselves to you, Lord. We want you to have liberty. And we pray, Father, that you'll just take the preeminence, take the speaker into your hands, take the hearer into your hands, and cause, Lord, your perfect will to be done in each and every life. We commit ourselves to you asking your blessing upon the reading and the speaking of your word. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. Let's take our Bibles and turn together to the book of Mark chapter 12 this morning. Mark chapter 12 as we've been speaking on the inheritance and uh, starting Wednesday night on the relationship and the kingdom of God. And uh, spoke Wednesday night on this teaching is only for the redeemable and how that the Word of God that is revealed is not revealed to the world. It's only revealed for the elect to take the elect of God, call them and place them into position that God had for them and thought of them before the foundation of the world. And so t- this morning I want to speak on the complete relationship restored, uh, if the Lord would allow us. And uh, in Mark chapter 12, in verse 28, now, before I read here, I want to remind you we read John 3 on Wednesday night, Jesus uh, speaking to Nicodemus, Nicodemus saying to him, we know you are sent from God as a teacher. That's the Greek order of it, not the King James order. The King James says, we know you're a teacher sent from God. But the, but the Greek says, we know that you are sent from God as a teacher. And Jesus says, but no man can understand the kingdom of God unless he be born again. All right. So though I'll say teaching be sent from the kingdom of God, it can only be received in the way that it is intended by those who are quickened by the Holy Spirit. So now in Mark chapter 12 and verse 28, says, one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, With all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like. Namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said unto him, Well, Master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, but and there is none other but He. And to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, with all the strength, and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he had answered him discreetly, or answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. Amen. The Lord had his blessing to the word. You may be seated. Many things that we could take from this scripture this morning as we were going to go to missions eventually. Uh, but I, I just want to lay some things out here before we turn to the mission field and describe some of the things that have been unfolding. Because really the Word of God has first place in any service. Amen? And, uh, we come here to hear the Word of God. And, and this man had come to Jesus and, uh, and Jesus, it's interesting that he uses, the scripture uses the word seeing that he had answered him discreetly. In other words, uh, uh, he had answered him very thoughtfully. And it's actually the only place in the Bible that this word discreetly appears. And so there was something significant about this man. He wasn't asking a question for the wrong reason. He wasn't asking a question to, to try and stump Jesus. He wasn't asking a question to try and be a smart aleck. He wasn't asking a question to try and prove how much he knew. He was asking a question because he sincerely wanted to know Jesus' opinion on this matter. And says, you know, as as he listened to Jesus and he saw that Jesus had answered very wisely and had answered several questions, he thought, I've always had this question in my mind, what is the first, what is the greatest commandment? And so maybe he'd asked it. Of people that he knew throughout life. And 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 maybe he had asked family members. Or he had asked other great men. You know what do you think is the greatest commandment. And one had this opinion. And one had that opinion. But now he was coming. Maybe he didn't have a revelation. But he was coming to God himself. Hello. He was coming to Emmanuel. God with us. The fullness of God dwelling bodily in flesh. And as he was approaching this tabernacle, he says, what do you say is the greatest commandment? Here's God himself, saints. Here's God himself that's going to say, this is what I, I've written lots of commandments. I've sent my word amongst my people. But now I'm going to take this man because he's serious. I'm going to give him from the mind of God the greatest commandment. Hallelujah. The greatest commandment is to love God. Love Him with all your mind. Love Him with all your strength. Love Him with all your soul. Love Him with all your understanding. Love Him with everything that's within you. Let everything of your life love God. Even when your flesh doesn't feel like, let your flesh love God. Even when your mind is at its wits end, let it love God. No matter what situation you find yourself in, love God. No matter who comes against you, love God. If you're on your deathbed, love God. If you're in your prime of health, love God. If you're having your greatest moment, love God. No matter where you find yourself, no matter how you feel, no matter what's going on in your life, love God. But don't just love Him with your mind. Love Him with your strength. Yes, sir. Love Him with what you do. Put Him first in your actions. Put Him first in your in your representation. Put Him first in your needs. When you find yourself in need, when you find yourself, I'll say even psychologically, and I'll, I'll maybe mention a little bit about that today. When you find yourself psychologically at your wit's end, and you find the pressure of the age, which a prophet... Fifty years ago spoke about a pressure age. The pressure is building. But there's a place to let off the pressure. Hallelujah. Let off the pressure. Love Him in your pressure. Love Him in your sadness. Love Him when you're out of sorts. Hallelujah. This... this Current event that we find ourselves in of this this virus and the and the uh, brother I think brother Tom mentioned the shutting down of different nations. Oh my goodness! I, I just even to think of that. I think are these people crazy? I just think are these people totally have they totally lost their mind? But even in the midst of insanity all around us, love him there. Love God. That's what God thinks is the greatest commandment. You know, Brother Branham says way back in 1955, he says, Adam never had to be sick. He never had to die. He never had a worry. He never had a heartache. He never had fear. He just climbed up in the arms of the father and just like a child, everything was his. And whatever he asked why he just got it. Everything obeyed him because he was God's child. And the child is the heir of all things. Alright? So Brother Branham speaking about the confidence of a child. Jesus said, except you become as a little child. You cannot enter the kingdom of God. The Apostle Paul, I think it is, picks it up and says, In malice be as children, but in understanding be as men. In other words... Don't be as a little child that doesn't know anything, but be as a little child that doesn't hold anything against anybody. And and so, Brother Bradham goes on, he says, now when men fell, he says he lost this. And now when he, what he, now what he lost in the fall, Christ come as a redeemer. Did you ever stop to think what Christ redeemed us for? He gave us everlasting life. He brought us back to the eternal fellowship and relationship to God, to be His sons and daughters again, to restore back all that Adam lost in the fall. Amen. Amen. And so we, we, we find ourselves that now as we're living in these last days, and I, and I think that we always should remind ourselves, these are the last days. As day by day goes by, Event by event goes by. Don't become hardened because of all the things that you've seen. Don't become hardened by all the events. This world is not our home. I'm so thankful this world is not our home. I'm so thankful we live in a place that we ought to love one another. Love your neighbor as yourself. I think that, that scripture could have been used in our street last night. We had quite an event going on last night. Someone was setting off fireworks and someone was coming out of the house to challenge them. And there was almost a fight on the street and everything was breaking out. I was in my office oblivious to it all. I was getting ready for service. My wife had to tell me about it later. And everybody was out there ready to fight. Everybody's ready to fight. That's not the kingdom of God. That's not my home. Amen. How come we got so quiet there all of a sudden? (laughs) Our home is somewhere else. Our home is somewhere else. Our home is another experience than what this world has to offer. Amen. Hallelujah. But there, the kingdom of God is the people who the message is for. The kingdom of God is the people who the message is for. And then I'll say by connection, the kingdom of God is the people who the fivefold ministry is for. Because by the foolishness of preaching, souls shall be saved. He ascended up on high, but he didn't leave us without gifts. He gave gifts unto men. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. We're not the pastor of the world. Alright? We're not the teachers of the world. As Murphy said, you know, he was asked to teach about family life. I think family life is in the gospel. But it's not for the world. Our principle, that's why the world has so much trouble in trying to figure out what's the right way to raise children and what's the wrong way to raise children and they're trying to base it on moral principles and biblical principles and some say, well, that's not the right principle and they argue about what should be allowed, what shouldn't be allowed, what should be in schools, what shouldn't be in schools. Listen, that's the world. That's not for us. Uh, We have something different. We have the mystery of God revealed. We have the reality of God revealed and that's for the elect of God. The way you have your homes, the way you have your marriage, the way you have your children, the way you have relationships one with another. That's all for you revealed in this hour. Alright? So we have to separate the two. You've gotta, you've gotta give yourself. Now, now I'm, I'm saying this for a reason. You've gotta give yourself To the understanding of God. Jesus speaking to this man. He was looking for for something. There's so many directions I could go right here. He was looking at Jesus. And he was seeing a level of understanding. And supernatural wisdom. That was above anything he had seen before but there was still no beauty that we should desire. There was no system, there was no big church. Are you right? Are you with me? There's there is was, there was, there was no structure to it at all, but yet he saw in a man something that was extraordinary. And he and now that he had the opportunity, he wanted to ask this question. He wanted to he wanted to say, I have a question. I, I want to know, prioritizing things, what is the greatest Commandment in the commandment. I want to hear from, this isn't a great, he didn't stand there and say, I want to understand all mysteries. He didn't say, I, I want to know everything or I, I, I want you to, to give me your vision of the world and, and future events and all of these things. No, I just, just give me one thing the greatest commandment. I'll start there. If we all started there, it'd be a good place. Love the Lord your God with everything that you are. Love God more than anything else. i got to go back to it. Love God more than you love anything. Amen. That's right. yeah. Want to spend time with Him more than you want to spend time in anything else. Because we're born in sin, shaped in iniquity, because we live in an unbelieving world, we have to spend time doing other things. But let your number one desire be God. If your number one desire isn't God, you haven't met the first commandment. Hope that's alright. Let's look at some of the statements Brother Branham made very early in his ministry. 1948, he says, Into that realm where even angels can't come. You say, angels? Yes, sir. We're sons and daughters. Angels are servants. That's right. The servants cannot go where the sons and daughters will go. They can't enter into that relationship for their servants. And we're sons and daughters. You know, this might be not a very good analogy, but I'm going to say it. We have a dog in the home. And uh, some people like dogs, some people don't like dogs. And uh, I've been kind of ambivalent towards them throughout my adult life. Had them when I was a child. But my daughter wanted a dog, and so we kind of let down our guard and let her get a dog. And uh, so we had this dog in the home, but the dog was in the home before the babies were in the home. So once the babies begin to come, first Gideon, then Deborah... Now, the dog thinks it's one of three babies. And it thinks that it has as much right to our attention as the children do. Just because it doesn't know any better. But it's just a dog. It doesn't get the rights of a child. It can't help but be what it is. It's a dog. And I have to sometimes remind some of my family, it's just a dog. I said, <laughs> sometimes we get talking to the dog like it's human. I always say, don't apologize to the dog. It's a dog. <laughs> you know, we, we almost try and put human characteristics in it, but it's not made that way. It doesn't have a soul. It doesn't have understanding. It has it has feelings. Animals have feelings and all that kind of stuff. But it's not a human being. It's not part of the family. Are we attached to it? I suppose you might say that we are. But it's a dog. All right? And so in the kingdom of God, we're not a servant. In the kingdom of God, I think of the Syrophoenician woman. When she says, I might be a dog, but I'm your dog. She was willing to take that place in the kingdom of God, but she wasn't a dog. She was a child of God. She was quickened by the word of the hour. God doesn't have dogs in his family. God doesn't have someone that's just around that he throws little, little crumbs to once in a while or feeds them from the scraps once in a while or gets around to petting them whenever he feels like it. God doesn't operate like that. He's got sons and daughters. Amen. You're all sons and daughters of God. You're all important to Him. Now put your own daughter there. Put your own son there. Think of how much more important they are than just a dog. Then realize your importance to God. Hallelujah. So this realm that we live in is not for anyone but the attributes of God. I know we're torn because we have an unredeemed flesh body. The flesh if we let it have its way, responds more to the physical realm than it does to the spiritual realm. It's not that it doesn't respond to the spiritual realm, but the flesh can be enticed. And because of the flesh, we realize that we make mistakes all the time. If our flesh was perfect, we would have nothing to respond to the temptation of the devil. That's why the devil will be bound for a thousand years in the millennium, is because we'll be in redeemed bodies. Our new birth will not change. The ceiling of the Holy Ghost will not change. Who we are will not change, but our mind, our, our brain, our body, our attribute of the physical will change, will be in a glorified body, and the devil will be bound because he has nobody to work on. It's only the, the re unredeemed bodies through which He can gain access of temptation into our lives. Because if He sows a thought in your mind and your body isn't there, that thought will have no effect. But when He sh- sows a thought within your mind and then you're torn between the soul, which says that's not contrary to the Word of God, and the flesh, which says, you know what, that would feel good right now. Now there's a tearing. But that's the only reason you can suffer temptation. You know, Jesus had to go through it. Not in a sinful way, but Jesus had to suffer in like manner as we are. So he comes out of the wilderness and the Bible says he hungered. What hungered? Not his soul, his flesh hungered. When he was at the well with the woman, the disciple says, take some food. He says, my meat is to do the will of the Father. Is that right? But coming out of the wilderness after fasting for 40 days, now the devil comes to him and says, if you be the Son of God, why don't you turn these stones into bread? Why was he tempted? Because his body hungered. Would have been no temptation if his body wasn't hungry. Amen? But it was a temptation. But he was tempted without sin. He never fell to the devil's temptation. But you and I... Okay, at least I make mistakes. We all do, don't we? Sure we do. As John Wesley said, you're likely to make mistakes as you are to breathe. Is that okay? Amen. This realm for the elect. Angels cannot enter there. Serpent seed cannot enter there. Only the elect, the called of God... Can enter there. And I'll say it this way. You can't study your way in. You, you can take the message in the Bible and study it as hard as you want. You can't study your way into the kingdom of God except a man be born again. You can't pay your way in. You can, you can tithe, you can give to missions, all of those things, and don't stop. You know, you'll notice even Jesus when He rebuked them. He says, you, you tithe of mint, anise and, uh, anise, and cumin, whatever those words are. He says, and you omit the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and truth. I'm, I'm just quoting off the top of my head. He says, these you ought to have done and not leave the other undone. Don't forget that line. Alright. And so even Jesus says you should pay your tithes and, and make your offerings. So that's, that's alright. That's not why we're here. But I want to say this now, that, that when you can't pay your way into the kingdom of God, no matter how much tithes and how much offerings you pay. Now I'll take it a step further. Are you still with me? You can't sincere your way in. Okay. You cannot sincere your way in. You can be sincere and need to be sincere when you're in. But you must be born again to enter in there. Alright, so so I just wanted to say those things. You must be born into the kingdom of God by one spirit. We are baptized into one body. God himself calls you. He speaks to your heart. And he reveals his heart to you. All right, personal relationship. Now, we have to admit that this Bible, which has endured the ages, is God's word. But many people study the Bible for different reasons. Many people take this Bible and look at it and study it even for different reasons. Some people study it just for the knowledge, to have read the Bible and to get whatever they can out of it, maybe to learn, maybe to learn what it is to be in their mind a Christian, whatever that might be. Some people study it for psychological reasons, all right? And there's much preaching that is done on a psychological level, which is also to say an emotional level, because emotion is psychology, and so there's many ways to manipulate human emotion with the Bible. And many people study the Bible from that perspective. Some people, I'll say, even study the Bible for, for mystical reasons. And they study it believing that there's, there's underlying things in there that they want to tap into that goes beyond normal human comprehension. Uh, I'll say there's people that study the Bible for prophetic reasons. And they want to learn prophetic from the outcome, out or they want to learn maybe what the future might hold for whatever purpose they have in that. And there's a lot of people that look at the Bible for moral reasons, do's and don'ts, thou shalt, thou shalt not, uh, marriage, uh, uh, you know, uh, proper conduct. Uh, some people call it the good book. You know, how do people want to study how to be good? But the Bible. If I can say it this morning this way, the Bible is not that kind of a book. You say, well, what, what kind of a book in it? The purpose of this book, the purpose of this Bible is for God to make it come alive in your day. That's the purpose for this Bible. This Bible is not meant to be like any other book in the world. It's unlike any other book in the world. And so as Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And so the words that lay here that come from God himself, even as God answered this man, what is the greatest commandment? That word is spirit. That word is life. It's the same life that was lived in those that wrote it because men of old were moved by the Holy Ghost. It's the same life that lived in those whose lives are a testimony in that in many of the lives in the Old Testament are a prophecy. They were living a prophecy. They weren't living the reality. They were a type. They were a shadow. If we look at the life of Joseph and how he typed The life of Jesus Christ, how rejected of his brethren, how that he was sold into captivity, how that he was raised from the pit, how he sat at the right hand of Pharaoh, how that he had a Gentile bride, so many things out of the life of Joseph. Did Joseph understand that? He understood that it was of God. But he didn't understand that his life was so near to perfect he was a representation of what Jesus Christ would be like in his life and ministry. And so there's there's a life that's emanating from the word of God. And God sends light into the age which the Bible says his life is the light of all men. Alright so the life is the light not the knowledge is the light. The life is the light. There's a light that has to come through the Bible. There's a life that has to be quickened to the Word of God. If I take an example, I don't want to lose you here, but if I take an example, there was a, there's a man by the name of Thomas Jefferson. Those of you that are in the States will understand. If I, if I'm talking to you down there in the United States, you'll understand how that Thomas Jefferson, one of your founding fathers, he took a pair of scissors to the Bible. Why did he do that? Because he wanted to take out things that he felt were a distraction. And a lot of the things that he took out were the supernatural miracles of Jesus Christ. He took out the life. He wanted to turn the Bible into a moral code and he wanted to take it into something that could be humanly understood. All right, So he, he had a knowledge of the Bible, but he didn't have a realization that the life is there for a purpose. The example is there for a purpose. The book of Acts is there for a purpose. It's to show in the early church when the life came into the church, it produced a manifestation. It didn't produce an understanding. It produced a manifestation. It quickened them. And, and to many of them, it was, it was a, a form of life that they were not trained in because as they were trained as Jews, they understood the Bible as a do's and don'ts. But now there was a life within them making the Bible come alive. Yes. Hallelujah. And that's what, what Paul preached. That's what Peter preached. These are all things. It was a life of faith That was meant to be realized in everyone that is quickened to the word of God. The same one that believed his own word and spoke the universe into existence. That same life comes into the individual. That same life was in Adam. That Adam lost in the fall. But that same life comes into the individual eternal life. That's a declaration of a supernatural people. We'll call it a super race. But it's not a human race. It's a God race. Jesus being the firstborn among many brethren. He sent his word to quicken sons and daughters of God to the reality of what Adam lost could be brought back. And in our day has been brought back into the body of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. As I spoke on Wednesday night, that was the mystery that was hidden in Jesus. The mystery of sonship that walked by perfect faith in what the Word said He was. That mystery had to be revealed in the last days to show sons and daughters of God that they too can walk by this reality. Amen. Not servants. Sons and daughters of God. It's God unveiling Himself to every age. The Word specifically anointed for those to whom it is intended the word specifically anointed for those to whom it is intended now you can call it teaching preaching lecturing whatever you want you say we laugh at the word lecture don't we we say oh we don't want to lecture and then I found out brother Branham was standing up saying you know I'm just going to give a lecture this morning and I'm like Okay, (laughs) that one scrambled my mind. (laughs) But you know, so be careful what you want to call it. It doesn't really matter what you want to call it. It's the life that is produced from it. When the word goes forth, it produces life. A connection to the kingdom of God. A reality of a kingdom on the earth that the world knows nothing about. But without the new birth, there's no connection to the kingdom. Without the new birth, the preacher cannot preach. Without the new birth, the hearer cannot be convicted. The hearer, now I don't want you to misunderstand. The hearer may be convicted, but without the life going forth, there's no conviction. See, it's the life that produces the conviction. When the word comes by your way, what is the conviction? The conviction is that this outer life doesn't match up to the seed gene that lays within me. There's a deep calling for something that's greater. And the outside is trying to fill the calling with things of the world. But it cannot satisfy that inward voice. But that predestinated c gene must be satisfied by the revealed Word of God. Now God said His Word for thus. He, he predestinated you in His thoughts before the foundation of the world. And it's only the Word coming to that predestinated c gene that brings the full measure that brings the full blessing. That brings the reality of the experience. So the new birth is vital to the center of all of it. It's everything. The change of nature. To be agreeable to the word and to be in the spirit of the composer. Brother Branham says it this way. And you, can, you can ready those slides. He says he becomes convicted that he's a sinner. And he's without God, no matter how long he's gone to church, that doesn't mean it. All these things has a spiritual meaning to them, deeper than the natural things. Oh, who wouldn't go out and let someone baptize them, which is all right. But water will never wash away sin. Who cannot stand up and have them sprinkle a little water on you? Anyone could. That doesn't do it. Who could stand up and make a cold, dry-eyed profession and say, I now believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Every devil in hell believes the same thing. That's right. But to really come into fellowship with God means to accept the blood. And it's been applied to your heart by the baptism of the Holy Spirit by the new birth. Then you become a partner with God. Not a partner, but a son. And in relationship with God again. My, he says, that would make a Methodist shout. And it does. Amen. That's what sending the word around the world is all about. There's elect that need to hear this word. You see, they're sons and daughters of God. There's, you could, there isn't hardly a nation of the world that you could go into anymore and say they've never heard about Jesus. They've heard about Jesus. They've been taught Jesus. They've been taught Jesus died for their sins. But they've never been told the Lamb took the book. They've never been told that there was inheritance. I grew up in church. Uh, I, I didn't grow up in the world like some of you. I grew up in church. I never knew Adam lost his inheritance. I read the Bible. I knew Adam fell. But I didn't know he lost an inheritance. I didn't know that it had to be redeemed back. I didn't know that the lamb would take the book. Nobody had ever preached on it in all the years of my growing up. And then all of a sudden I come to the message of the hour and I learned, oh, it's not... Calvary is the center of it, but Calvary isn't the end of it. The lamb has to take the book. The kinsman redeemer who paid the price must claim his possession. And so there's a reality of a message that had to go out in the last days to draw people into rapturing faith. That's what we're doing when we call it missions. And I'll I'll give you a little missions update of some of the things that are happening, if that's all right. Amen. i start with the country of Uganda where the Methodists are shouting. And here's the Methodists. Amen. This is from Friday. Just this past Friday, there's a whole group of Methodists that were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we don't like the COVID, but when the COVID shut down the churches, the people in the churches and the ministers began to listen to the message on the radio. Praise the Lord. That had an impact in their lives. Isn't that wonderful? That had an impact in their lives. What happened is they heard the truth. They heard things they had never heard before. They heard things they had not been uh, taught before. What was it? Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. They're meant to make the Bible come alive. Amen. Amen. So there's a whole group of them that were baptized there in Uganda just on this past Friday, and, and uh, this would be at Brother Emmanuel's church. And so where possible, they take them into the church and baptize them there, but that's not all that's happening in Uganda. They have opened up a little bit. Uh, they are now allowed to to gather up to 70 in a gathering, um, uh, supposed to obey social distancing. I'm sure they're wearing masks, right? So that's social distancing. I'm not, I don't want anybody to get in trouble in Uganda for these pictures. But, you know, they're, these are ministers that have come together to hear the Word of God. These ones happen to be from Pentecostal background. They're, they've they heard things that never heard before. Never had a man spake like that man to them before. And so you hear, you see Brother Fred ministering there in uh, Didikwi, I think is the name uh in Uganda. Here here's um, here's another meeting uh in that era. Uh these are just ministers now in another meeting and so they're they're gathered together hearing the word of the Lord, being convinced of it. I think these are the ones that took their identification with it. There were about ninety gathered all together. These are the ones that said this is what we need. This is what we need in our churches. This we must ourselves be baptized. And so these things were all being arranged. They went to another place in uh, Luero, uh where uh they had a gathering that as they were invited, but you can see here by the pictures it's get the meeting is getting too large. He says, Brother Fred told me he said we had we had people continually coming. And coming and coming, we were just supposed to have a small meeting, but everybody started gathering. You know, when revival's on, you just can't stop it. Those of you that are old timers will remember the days in North America. Where people would just gather together and, and things would happen. You, you hear about the early part of Brother Branham's ministry. People would just come out of the woodwork and, and, and just come to meetings. Tens of thousands of people. What created that? That was the Holy Spirit. He says, Brother Branham said, when the Spirit's moving like that, you can't stop it. Well, that's what's happening in Africa. And so the, the people are, are under what they call a semi-lockdown or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and so this meeting went on, but they had to, They had to close it down before the authorities got wind that they were gathering three, four, five hundred people there uh, as they wanted to hear the word of God. There's a famine in the land for hearing the word of God. We're a blessed people. I hope you're here this morning. Did everybody get too much sleep last night? Just seems a little quiet in here. (laughs) Amen. Here's another gathering this is brother fred gathering some other ministers in another location here there these these ones have been uh, around the message and so they these ones are being taught now these are already baptized and you can see in their hands some of the new bibles that have been given out all right so we praise god for that and we thank god for everything that's going on there i want to just carry on here a little bit uh church construction it's not it's not something that we It's first in line. It's actually second in line. First is getting the word into the hands of the people. First is getting the people to the Lord. But a lot of these churches. And I now have a list. You'll see it actually. I'm going to publish all the names of every place. That is without a shelter. In the faith challenge report. I I told my my, uh, person that does the layout, I says I want all of these on a page. Squeeze them in whatever way you can. I want the name of the pastor, the place where the church is at, and the number of people he has. And so you'll see that all in the Faith Challenge Report, which we're just putting together right now. And, uh, but we've completed 16 shelters, 16 buildings, and there's six more in progress. And what I mean by in progress is we've just bought six properties. We had someone step forward and says, I want to fund some church buildings. And I said, okay. And we worked on it. So we worked out, okay, we're going to do these six locations here. And these six properties that you see before you here are all purchased and ready to go. And we've just sent the funds over to begin now construction so that they can end up looking like this. It's not glorious. And if we had this in Surrey, probably wouldn't get many people coming, would we? They're sitting on wood benches or on the dirt floor. and they're But they're out of the rain and out of the sunshine. And they're happy for that. And it gives them a, an opportunity to gather. Now remember, many of these congregations have come out of systems, denominations, and have lost their rights to natural things such as buildings and lands. But Jesus said, if you forsake here, I'll give you. Amen. And so, so they're beginning to receive the, and, and so we've got another six on the go and we'll just build just as many as the Lord provides us to build. Nothing elaborate for two, three thousand dollars. We can put up a shelter like this and they can, and that's fairly sturdy and they can worship the Lord in there. Amen. The church is not the building. It's the people. All right, so let's, uh, I wanted to get into w- what's happening for them with books and things. All right, so we've, we've printed 15,000 Luganda church age books. That's church age books in their own language. We have 3,000 left. They've gone out amongst the people and they've been extremely benefited by it. 5,000 English church age books because some of the people speak English. We have 1,100 left. All right. 10,000 Bibles just arrived this year during the lockdown. The Bibles arrived in Uganda in the Lugandan language so that the people who, surprisingly, many of them came from churches, but they had no Bible. And we just felt so sorry for them. We got the Luganda Bible. We printed it, I think, for about $4. Maybe by the time it gets into the country with taxes, if you can believe the government makes you pay taxes on a Bible, and, uh, $4.50 gets a Bible into their hands. We have only half of those remaining already, and they've only been given out for about six weeks. They'll be gone in no time. Brother Fred told me we need, we're, we're gonna need another ten or twenty thousand dollars more, or ten or twenty thousand more Bibles, or, and or church age books. We've got the seals book, the seven seals book just in, uh, completion now. Matter of fact, it just completed. We're just rendering the last edits in it and it's going to be, uh, sent out to the printer right away. So pray for that. I believe we have somebody to sponsor that. So that's wonderful. We'll hit the seven seals, the revelation of the seven seals in their hands. We've printed 20,000 single books in the country on the print station there. Uh, what do we have left? None because we don't, we don't hold them back. As fast as we print them, we give them out. They're they're just gone out into the countryside. These people are devouring the Word. Amen. They're hearing things they never heard before. Amen. They're they're catching fire with the Word of God. It's, It's just impossible to describe the supernatural that's taking place there. The manifestation of life amongst the people and the supernatural vindication of the Word of God right amongst them is beyond description. I can't bring... A lot of individual testimonies, I can't talk about the one that was raised from the dead or the the other the others that have been delivered from prostitution or alcoholism or whatever more it might be, or the witch doctors that have been converted supernaturally, all those kind of things. That's the life of the Word. We've been brought back into full fellowship, full relationship with God. And none of this could happen without translation. We have the English language, but the, but the impetus, the, the, the driving force behind this work, what God, the tool that God has taken into His hand is translation. Amen. Without them having it in their language, it wouldn't happen. Uh, I'll talk about Ethiopia in a minute. Brother Mogus has been uh, taking the leadership of the work there without him being able to preach to the local people in the local language. He says it, it, it just has such a great effect amongst the people more than preaching with a translator although that's that's alright but to have a local person minister in their language means so much. So we have the website messagehub.info Is this alright this morning? Stay with me. I, Sometimes I feel like it's too dry, but it's exciting. It's an exciting dry. I'm not sure if you can say it that way. Praise the Lord. But we have the Message Hub, and the Message Hub has become a central factor in lives of believers all around the world to be able to access the message of the hour in their language. There's now 81 languages available this year. We've added Shona, which is a language in Zimbabwe. And South Africa, any Zims here tonight, today? Uh, sometimes you don't know. We have Zims in the congregation. That's Zimbabweans, for short. And, uh, but they, they now have it in their Shona language on the message hub. And Yoruba is a Nigerian language. Nigerian, do I see any of the Atamoras here? Anyway, that's, that's wonderful. They're, they're getting access to it on the message hub in their language. And translators are working hard to do that. So far this year, we have uploaded 1,242 new translations in various languages. Let let me sink that. Let that sink in for you. That's We've gone up to 10 months. That's about 125 a month. All right? 125 a month is about uh, 30 every week, give or take. 30 new translations every week. Let's divide that out. That's four every day. Four new translations in some language every day. I say praise be to God. Because without translation, how is the word going to be quickened to them? It's a key foundational principle. To bring the total of 12,800 translations available in print on the message hub. Praise be to God. Divide that out by 81 languages. Some have the entire message. A few languages have the entire message, but most of them do not. And so the translators are working. I say God bless the translators. God bless them abundantly. They're they're a key vessel in the hand of God to get the message out. 3,839 audio translations are available in different languages. So far this year now, this is how the Message Hub is used... 200,000, more than 200,000 translations have been downloaded this year all over the world. Hallelujah. Think about that. 200,000 translations downloaded. What if there's 200,000 believers? That's much more. Because many people are printing more than one message. And they're they're spreading the word. I say praise be to God. I'm glad we can be a part of what God's doing. Last week, for example, I I put this up here, 2,600 downloads in in 50 languages. It was a small week for downloads, but but 50 different languages were downloading the message last week. I'm so glad for this message hub. I'm glad that God inspired Brother Biscoe. I'm glad that this has been put into effect to give the people access to the Word as they need it. Let me talk about the mobile app. Brother Darren Hoffman and his team working on the mobile app. Uh, so people can have translations. Right now, 30 of the 81 translations are available in the Android version. Uh, in the iOS version that they're still in the midst of uploading. They've got 13 languages available there. And so these are languages that are, uh, that they can, you can download the translations right on your device, whether it's Android or iOS. And have the translations at your fingertip. Praise the Lord. And we've added two new languages in 2020. Kenya, Rwanda, and Japanese. There's a great work being done in Japan with the believers in Louisiana really burdened for Japan. And uh, so I I praise the Lord that the Lord has put the burden of Japan on somebody else. (laughs) You don't even know how much I mean that. You know, they're, they're, this is a great work that's happening all over the world. And it's not all Bible believers. It's not all Cloverdale Bible way. There's a body all over the world. I, I think of, I'll talk about Angola in a minute. But the brothers that are translating, whether it be in Brazil or whether it be in Europe. You know, this is an important work that God is bringing this body together. He's the one that's leading it. He's the one that's directing it. There's a new, and I just want to mention this, we have uh, we have the work of Brother Cobus. We now call it Message Hub Easy Translate. It's for translators. It's a tool, uh, and it uses the modern technology to be able to take translation to another level. And it gives the translators one sentence at a time to translate with suggestions. So it'll give them a suggested translation and then they uh, they either accept that as correct or they make changes to it. One of the two. And I, I love the fact that it's not just something that you have to sit down at the computer and do. You can do it on your cell phone. You can do it on your device. And somebody maybe riding the bus can be doing translation. Somebody going to work. Somebody traveling. Somebody doing something somewhere. Little by little translations are being done. That's these 125 translations that are uploaded every month. Brother Kobus has uh, has done this work and, and we've kind of incorporated it now right into the message hub and made it available for translators. And uh, this year so far, 82 translations have been completed through this method and it's growing. Anything we can do to help translators, that's what we want to do. Because you help the translators, you get the translations. You get the translations, you get the bride. You get the bride, you get the rapture. There's a method to our madness, if we could say it that way. There's a, there's, we're doing this for a reason. You might say, oh, man, there's a lot of energy going into it. It's because there's a rapture. There's something going to take place. It's a supernatural message that is sent to quicken the elect. Hallelujah. Talk about Ethiopia for a moment. We talked about Brother Mogus. We, I want to thank everybody that contributed. And we were able to get them a vehicle and eliminate some of the monthly expenses of vehicle rentals and things that were needed for outreach and stuff. And now they have a reliable vehicle there in Ethiopia. And we pray God bless them abundantly as they use this. Here you see them in the city of Addis Ababa. Looks like a very modern city. And it is. But as soon as you get away from Addis Ababa, you get really into the jungles of Africa. And so, God bless them, and God use that for the, for the glory of the kingdom of God. And we have now a new track that we're taking on the place of worship for the church in Addis Ababa. Uh, though, as you're familiar with, we, we began the work in Ethiopia from nothing, and now the congregation in Addis Ababa has grown and they need they had they were worshiping in the basement of a building and during the shutdown uh they had to leave the premises of course they couldn't meet there but it also gave them an opportunity to find another avenue through which to have a church and so they they we found a property and the property is able to be rented quite reasonably and we're going to erect a structure on this property uh similar in uh in style to the structures in Uganda. Alright, so it'll be very simple, but it'll be something that they have their own. And it won't be a basement of a building where actually it wasn't actually adequate down there for circulation and different things. And so now they'll have a, a good place, a good location, and for about five or six thousand dollars we can erect a very simple structure. And they have it here, it has a, a couple places can be used for offices and a washroom and that sort of thing's already there. Praise the Lord. All they're going to do now is put up the building and away they go for a very, it'll save a lot of money on a monthly basis. Yes. And so we want to do that and the work is expanding and we praise God for what he's doing in Ethiopia. There's, I, I should say, if you're not aware of it, we're constantly updating articles on the website. That's BibleWay.org and uh, o r g and uh, if you if you're looking for missions information you'll always find it there there might be things that we don't have time to mention in a service but something happens and we put up an article and so uh, look at there once in a while and you'll see uh see the latest of what's happening in missions Angola we're just we were scheduled today to have the grand opening of the print station and print office in Angola but we had to postpone it for a week uh, so I was hoping to have pictures of the grand opening here this morning but I don't have it for you so uh, we'll wait a week and uh, I'll let you know when you're able to see it we'll put it in the faith challenge report regardless and uh, so what the Lord is doing there to be able to print messages right in the country of Angola we mentioned about the office that we had uh, rented there, and uh, the brothers have come together, the ministers have come together, and the reason we had to delay was to make sure, it's the type of country you have to make sure that your T's are crossed and your I's are dotted when it comes to the government. And so we had just a little, uh, I'll say a little hiccup. Uh, it wasn't even a hiccup, it was just a delay, and so they had to postpone just to be safe one week and they've got all of their documentation now in place. Everything's there. And they're getting ready, working on the office, bringing it together so that they can have uh, a setup there for people to come, not only to receive books, but also to print books. And the the program is, the the system that we have developed in Uganda and in India, is that we have a high-speed printer and... And then we have teams come in to collate the books. Because when you use a duplex, what's called a duplex printer, and I don't want to get too technical, but that's one that prints on both sides, it's relatively slow. But when you print high speeds, you can print a lot of pages out, but then you have to collate separately. So that's why you see these thin tables lined up. Uh, lengthwise and counter space because they lay the pages out and then they get groups of believers from the churches and they go through and they gather up the pages into the book, collate the books, staple the books, uh, uh, trim the books, all that kind of stuff right there in the office and they supply the labor and the, and the paper and everything is, is supported and then they have their message books. Lord. Praise the Lord. So not only do they get, but they also have an opportunity to give. And being able to give to it. Here's the sign for the office in Portuguese. Saying the office of uh, the message of the hour. Uh, I think it's officially the library of the message of the hour is the official name. So praise the Lord. There's things going on right now. Even though you might feel like, well you know everything's shut down. It's not shut down. There's things that's happening and the word of God is going forward. Amen. Praise be to God. I want to wrap this up here tonight. Today. Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I believe this message came from the mouth of God. There's always a debate. Is every word thus saith the Lord? No, every word's not thus saith the Lord, but the message is thus saith the Lord. There's a man part to it, as Brother Branham himself explained, but you need Holy Spirit leadership. It's not important that you catch the man part, but it is important that you catch the God part. As the word has come that God might reveal himself, because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. That proceeds out of the mouth of God. In John chapter six, Jesus describes it. He says, it's the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. He says, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. All right. Now, Jesus, I'll go back to man shall not live by bread alone. Jesus was quoting the scripture. Of Moses. As Moses told the children of Israel. God gave you manna that you might learn. That man shall not live by bread alone. Now a thousand years is as one day in the sight of the Lord. Now Jesus is speaking to the devil two days later. And he's quoting him the scripture. Or or I'll say it this way for you. He might have been saying this. I told you a couple days ago. Man shall not live by bread alone. Hello? You know, we view it as thousands of years before. But to Jesus, who was God in flesh, that was the Word speaking. He says, I just said two days ago, man shall not live by bread alone. It hasn't changed. It's still the same. They need the Word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then Jesus says to this, to the disciples and those that are gathered, he says, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. It's the same chapter. He says, I am the bread that come down from heaven. He's identifying. This is the life that man needs to have. This is the sustenance for the sons and daughters of God. It's not just a natural life. I haven't come just to give natural life. I haven't come just that you could have more abundance. I haven't come that you might have just a better job or better health or better, a better education or whatever more it might be. We strive so much in this world to try and have a good paycheck. We everything the devil entraps people into this ec- economic system that we live in, as he tries to get them say, "You need a better paying job, because you need a better house, or you need a better home," or you need a better car," or you need a better this," or you need a better that." Let me tell you something: Godliness with contentment is great gain. It's the things that we we brought nothing into this world and we're taking nothing out of it. This is just a temporary resting place for one purpose that we might learn. They will have 40 years in the wilderness that they might learn. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Hallelujah. So it was Peter that said right after that, he said, Jesus, Then Jesus says, his people left him. He said to the disciples, will you also go? And Peter said, to whom would we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. And so this same Peter that said that there by revelation, spoke again by the Holy Ghost. Are you still with me? Follow this through now. Spoke again by the Holy Ghost and says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. So here's this, uh, this apostle, this mighty apostle Peter, that said, you alone have the words of eternal life. And he says, and we are birthed by that word. We are born again by that word. We can't get birthed any other way. We can't go. We can't say, oh God, I just want to be born again. I don't want to be involved in the Word. Or I don't want to. Uh, I, I'm all confused. Listen, when you get born again, it takes the confusion away. It takes away the mystery of it. It takes away the things of the natural realm. I'm trying to figure out. It's not you trying to figure out. God is taking the life of His Word and quickening you to make you the Word. Brother Branham says in the Smyrnian age, he says, as he describes it, he says, We did not become seed by the rebirth. We were seed, and therefore were reborn. For only the elect can be reborn because we were seed is the reason that we could be quickened. In non-seed, there is nothing to quicken. This word is not for those that are not called. This word is for the elect to birth them into the kingdom of God. To bring the reality. You see, it's what Adam lost in the beginning. I was talking to a brother about that this week. What Adam lost in the Garden of Eden. Listen, Adam was first created by God. He was created by the spoken word of God. But Eve made afterwards. and, And Adam and Eve put into mortal bodies. Now because they came into mortal bodies, they had a decision. They had a choice rather. And that choice was you could procreate by the spoken word or you could procreate by natural recreation, sexual desire. And so they had this and Eve, by the deception of the serpent, thought it was better to go the natural route than the word route. But the sons and daughters of God were meant to come by the spoken word. That's why we come by a natural birth, which there's no other way now to be born, because we come in the fallen condition. But we come by the natural birth, God allowing it under His permissive will. We come by the natural birth, but that's not good enough for the sons of God. Your natural birth is not good enough. You were born wrong. There must be a rebirth. And so Jesus comes with the mystery of sonship within him, declaring, except a man be born again, he cannot understand the kingdom of God. There are mysteries that are laying within me. That's what Nicodemus recognized. We know you're a teacher sent from God. We know you're sent from God to teach us. We know we've got to receive something from you. There's some. There's nobody could do these things that you're doing except God be with them. Are you with me? The life was expressing itself through that vessel. Declaring that this is God's representative. They didn't understand it as God himself. But they understood him as a rabbi. They understood him as a teacher. But he was more than a rabbi. He was more than a prophet. He was more than a man. That was God tabernacled in flesh. Walking amongst the people. Holding in him the mystery of the life of the sons of God. He says there must be a birth that goes beyond your natural birth. And Nicodemus says well. Can a man enter the second time into his mother's womb? Can you imagine? We understand it now. But here's the Jewish leader. He says, I've never heard of this before. I've, I don't even want to think about, it, but can a man go a second time into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus said, you got to be born of water and of spirit. you got to be born the right way. Because if you're a son of God, there's an incorruptible word to birth you. You cannot live except the word of God come to you personally. Let me say it again. You cannot live. You know, we quote the scripture literally. Sometimes it just like, it becomes like a, almost a veil to us. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Let me rephrase it very clearly. You cannot live. Unless the word from God's mouth comes to you. It's not a question of, oh, which is better. No, there is no life. Unless God's word comes to you personally and quickens you. Hallelujah. I don't know why I'm saying it as though you can't. Because many of you do. Many of you have. What happened? What changed your life? God's Word came by your way. What changed my life? All of a sudden, one day I heard something that I had never heard before. And it opened up a channel from God to me. A channel of conviction. A channel of reality. Where this book, all of a sudden, the life began to spring from the pages of this book. It was no longer trying to figure out, well, I gotta do this and I gotta follow this and I gotta obey this. And it was no longer me. Now it was God's life emanating from the pages of this book down into my soul until something said in me, I need to be baptized. I need to receive this Christ. I need to identify myself in the life that came from the book. What book? He was the book. I need to identify myself in the life that was in Jesus. I need to identify myself in the life of the Word. Brother Branham says in the church age book again, he says, if a man is born of the word, can I take a few more minutes? I won't be too long. If a man is born of the word, being born again not of incorruptible, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. He will produce the word. The fruit or works of his life will be a product of the kind of seed or life that is in him. His works therefore will be scriptural. Oh, what an indictment this truth is going to be against the Pergamian age. There stands the matchless one and in his hand a sharp sword that has two edges. The word of God. And that word will judge us in the last day. In fact, the word is judging even now. For it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It cuts asunder the carnal from the spiritual. It makes us living epistles, read and men of all men, to the glory of God. All right, here we go now. That's the foundation. What did Martha recognize? At the grave of Lazarus. When Jesus finally began to go. To where Martha was. And. Lazarus was buried. And Martha says to Jesus. She says. Lord if you'd have been here. My brother would not have died. But I know that even now. Whatever you ask God. God will give it to you. And so now, now she's declaring something here. And, and Jesus said, your brother will rise again. Martha says, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. This is the life. Now, Brother Adam picks this up. In a place, he says, says, Jesus wasn't a great, big, priestly-looking fellow. He's a a skinny-looking fella. He straightened his little frame up. And he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Then he says, watch. Everything's moving up just right. She said, yea, Lord, I believe what, what you said you was. I believe you're the son of God that was to come into the world. Then Brother Bram says, something's got to happen. Something's got to happen. There she was, recognizing his deity. Recognizing his authority. Recognizing what relationship he was To Almighty God. See, She was looking beyond. Like the man that said. What is the first commandment? She was looking beyond. What other people were seeing. Just a skinny little fellow. No great big dynamic personality. Or or, uh, great big stature. Or anything like that. She's recognizing something here. It says. Recognizing his relationship. He was to Almighty God. Recognizing his power. Before God. She said, whatever you ask, God will give it to you. And I believe you're just exactly what you said you was. If she could recognize that relationship of who Jesus was to God and that produce a resurrection in their midst, what about a people who have come to the last days at the time when the mysteries of God are made known for a purpose that you might recognize you, who you are and what your relationship is to God. Now that becomes sober. Now it becomes more than we believe Jesus is, a, who Jesus is, but now the Word came to reveal who you are. Now the word came to reveal not how great you are, but what his thought, how great his thoughts are in you. What he thought of you before the foundation of the world. Back in time when he thought of you, now the seals have been broken. Now the lamb has taken the book. Now the mystery of sonship is made known. Now these great revelations, not, not deep intellectual understandings, we got to get out of our carnal mind. And we got to walk with a spiritual understanding, realizing, Lord, let me be not close to the kingdom, but let me be in the kingdom. Let me be the expression of the kingdom in my life. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Amen. No longer just recognizing who Jesus is, but the son and daughter of God recognizing who they are in the sight of God. Oh, Lord, if there's any veil left on me, let it be broken this morning. If there's anything holding me from what you're trying to show me. See, that's what repentance is all about. Lord, if there's anything in my natural desires, that's a hindrance to the Holy Spirit in my life. Making himself known. Lord, let my natural desires fall by the wayside. Lord, let everything come subject to the blood. Let me recognize and walk by perfect faith in what the atonement was made at Calvary 2,000 years ago. Let me partake of these great things that God is identifying in this hour. Now it's not just, it's not just a church experience. It's like bring this to a close. It's an everyday life experience. Let me be a manifestation of the mystery of sonship in my home. Let me be a a manifestation of the mystery of sonship to my wife or to my husband. Oh my. That makes it really quiet in here. Let me be a manifestation of the mystery of sonship to my daughter. Or to my son. Let me be a manifestation of the mystery of sonship to my brother. To my sister. Come on saints. Can we say amen to those things? Listen we all, we all sit here and say like me. Lord I don't measure up where I ought to be. I was praying last night. I told my wife she told me afterwards about what went on on the street outside the house. And. And I said, you know, it's, it's interesting that you say that because while that was going on outside, I was up in my study praying the very thing. I was, I was praying, Lord, you did something tremendous in Portland, Oregon. I was thinking of the violence right now in Portland, Oregon. I was saying, Lord, there was a lunatic there. And you allowed a prophet to stay in the right atmosphere of divine love. That that violent giant of a man was powerless and the violence was squelched in the presence of a son of God who knew who he was in God. Hallelujah. Not violence. Not, not he didn't learn jujitsu or or uh, I don't know what, karate or whatever, they th- well, I don't know, whatever people learn today. He didn't learn all those things. He didn't need them. He had a greater power called divine love. And as long as he lived in that place of divine love, he was an expression of the sonship that was revealed in Jesus Christ. That was hidden down through seven ages, but revealed in the time of the, of the seventh messenger. When he shall begin to sound, all the mystery will be made known. What are you saying, Brother Tim? I'm telling you this message is more than we think it is. There's much greater in this message than we can ever imagine. You might say, oh brother Tim, I I wish that, I wish that I could have, uh, more of God in my home. It's there. It's laying right there. Take it right up and let it mold your life. Become what the word says you are and believe what the word says you are. You know, I think we need to be like Martha. I need to be like Martha. How that she came to Jesus and Jesus said, you know, she came to Jesus with the problem. Oh, if only You'd have moved sooner. My brother would not have died. Jesus had already told the disciples. As he was walking away from the problem. Uh, and as he heard that Lazarus was sick. And he didn't go to him. Is that right? As he's walking away. Finally one day he says Lazarus sleeps. And they go. Oh well if he's sleeping and he's sick. That's a good thing. You know, uh, If you're sick you should sleep. My kids say, Dad, that's your remedy for everything. Get more sleep. But Jesus said, no, it's it's not sleep. He says, I'll say it in your words. Lazarus is dead. All right? But I go to raise him. Hallelujah. Something's going to take place here because there was a purpose in Lazarus being dead. There was a purpose in Lazarus being dead because Jesus had to declare in that day what the revelation of sonship. I'm using the word revelation of sonship. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Jesus walked by perfect faith in what the word said he was. That's the revelation of sonship. All right. And so it says, and when the bride walks in perfect faith of what the word says she is, she's coming into rapturing condition. Hallelujah. That's the mystery that's made known. That's the seven seals that were opened. That's the seven thunders that sounded out, revealing the mysteries. What is it all about? It's about who you are in the sight of God. It laid in Jesus as it manifested himself on the earth. And Martha recognized that I know you're the son of God. I believe you're the son of God. I believe whatever you ask. How many of us would do the same? We would. Come on. We would. We'd say the same, right? We'd say, I, if we were in the presence of Jesus, Jesus, whatever you ask, I believe that it'll happen just the way you ask it. I'm just that kind of believer. I'm a real believer because I believe Jesus, whatever you ask. And then Jesus turns around and says, but if you abide in me and my word abides in you, whatever you say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the mystery that God has revealed in the last days to put it into a bride to bring her to the place of who she is in the mind of God. Hallelujah. We're here. Praise the Lord. We're here. What is it that's quickening people in Uganda as the musicians come? What is quickening them in Uganda? Something they hadn't heard before. There was something inside of them desiring more from God. Their denomination was telling them, well, you know, just just speak in tongues. Just be baptized this way. Just be sprinkled. Just do this. Just do that. Just have some kind of an experience. But they realized there's more to it than that. There's something their heart's desiring. And in their heart, somehow the word comes by their way. They begin to hear the message of the hour over the radio. The simple truths of the word of God. Listen, it wasn't an apple they ate in the Garden of Eden. There was an original sin there. Let me go further and say you, your baptism in Trinity is not good enough. That's being identified in the Catholic Church. You must be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not identified in Catholicism. We're identified in Jesus Christ. The truth about the Godhead and the truth about a message and all of these truths coming forth and something stirs their heart like stirs yours and mine. That's nothing but the truth. We believe who you are. But we also believe who we are. The word has come so that you abide in me and my word abide in you. Ask whatever you will and it shall be done. There was a man. If you could just play that song. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. I read a story about a man. He was, uh, he's just a college student, young man. It's happened in the thirties. He was late for class. And, uh, as he, he's running into class, he's about twenty minutes late, he said. And as he's running into class, he kind of just slips in because he doesn't want the professor to notice that he's late doesn't want anybody to notice so he he doesn't want to be singled out so he just kind of slips into his seat he's sitting back there and he noticed the professor put a couple of problems up on the board And he goes oh that must be the homework so he's writing them down dutifully in his notebook and he's writing those things down and, and the class ends and he goes back to his dorm and He's, he's studying over the next day or so, and he's trying to work these problems out. And as he's, he's trying to work them out, he's, he thought, oh, I missed the most important 20 minutes of class. Because these are hard problems. And, and obviously there was something in the first 20 minutes that I missed that would help me solve it. So he's laboring and he's laboring and finally he gets them worked out. And, and so several days late for his assignment, he takes it back to the professor and he hands it in and, and gives it in to the professor's desk. Well, after a few days, he's waiting for his mark from his assignment. He doesn't get his assignment. After a week or two, he goes back to the professor and says, uh, uh, he says, uh, I, I didn't get my mark on that one assignment that you put up. And the professor said, well, we're still looking at it. And he thought, well, that was a strange answer. And uh, so after a couple more months, he gets called into the dean's office. And there's a bunch of the senior professors of the of the college. I think it was Berkeley, if I remember right. and uh, And they're standing around and they said, we want to congratulate you. And what he didn't realize was that the first 20 minutes of the class when the professor had put these problems up, he says, I'm going to write these problems on the board. These are two problems that have never been solved. And he said, so I just want you to know there's some things and the class was statistics. There's some things that are just not solvable. But this man solved them. And they were amazed. And his statement was, if I'd have heard it wasn't solvable, I wouldn't have tried. But there was a gift in him that nobody else had. And he was able to solve the problems is it impossible Jesus said all things are possible to them that believe have you got a problem that you think is unsolvable maybe you have to stop thinking it's unsolvable and realize with God all things are possible and walk by that kind of an attitude Because it wasn't what the man heard, but rather what he didn't hear that was important. He didn't hear that it was impossible. He didn't hear that nobody could do it. But the word of God came in this hour to say there's a bride going to take a rapture. I don't believe it's impossible. I believe I'm part of it. He came in this hour to say that healing is part of the atonement. If you got a problem in your body, I want to tell you right now, it's not impossible. Even the prophet of God said it's the right attitude towards the divine promise that brings the promise to pass. We need to have God change our attitude and be like that man that says, I guess i got to solve these. I guess this is my place. I guess this is my position. I am the bride of Jesus Christ. Is there a bride here? Is there a people here that says, these are my problems. What problems are those, Brother Tim? The problems of Laodicea. Those are my problems. Hallelujah. The problems of the pressure of this age. Those are my problems. The problems of the, of the onslaught of the enemy. Those are my problems. Because God has given me the answers. And I'm called by God to solve the problems of this age. And with God, all things are possible. And furthermore, I believe if I let His Word abide in me and I abide in His Word, whatever I say, it shall be done. If my, if my action, my thought, my, my everything is His Word as we stand together, if everything that I'm about is the Word of God, that's what Jesus represented 2,000 years ago. That's now come back to be in bride form in this hour. Are you that bride? Called of God to be the Word made flesh in this hour? I don't know about you. I take ownership there. I'm not claiming my own strength. A matter of fact, I'm saying in spite of my weaknesses, in spite of my own frailties, in spite of my lack of understanding, I'm not claiming anything that I possess as ability. I'm just claiming faith in what He said for these last days. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just worship Him. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus.
2: There's just something about that.
4: bow our heads together Heavenly Father Lord these things are almost too precious to preach on these great things that you have done in this hour that you did not hide in a corner but you sent the ministry of your prophet all across the world it attracted the attention of of the people. But there was a purpose that you had in attracting people's attention. Not to make a show of things, Lord. That wasn't the purpose. But the purpose was to catch the elect. That behind the sign there would be a voice. And the voice would declare the mysteries of God to the last day. Father, we rejoice in your calling. Lord, my heart is stirred in a very sober way this morning, oh God. Saying, Lord, within me, how can we measure up to so great a call? It's not in our human nature. It's not in our natural man to be able to say, I can do that. But Lord, there's something within me that says, that's my place. Something within me that says, that's my message. That's the reality that you called me to, oh God. And yet you pour in a great measure of grace, Lord. Realizing that we're only human beings. That while we had the predestinated nature on the inside. Lord, that great eternal part that lays within us on the outside. There's a flesh that wars against the spirit. And a spirit warring against the flesh. But Lord, we lay it all down. To partake of the heavenly calling in Christ Jesus. You have made us partakers. You have made us, Lord, partakers of these supernatural mysteries that have been revealed in the last days. They have been hidden, Lord, throughout all the ages, but now made known unto the sons of God. Oh, Lord, quicken our understanding. Quicken, Lord, our beings, O oh God. Focus us in, Lord. Take us away from the distractions of this life. Take us away, O oh God, from the things of this world that would try and steer us away to the right or to the left. But focus us, Lord, like a laser onto the target, Father, to bring forth the manifestation of the Word in our day. Lord, the people, we all might feel very weak, Lord. Might feel like, oh God, we got a long ways to go, but we're not relying on ourselves. We're committing ourselves into your hands. Like Adam crawling up into your arms, saying, Father, I have need of more of you. If there be a sick person, Lord, crying out this morning for healing, let your attribute of healing known unto them, Lord. Pour out virtue that was loosed at Calvary, That by your stripes we are healed. You suffered those, oh God, that we might receive virtue. We might receive supernatural power into these mortal bodies. That will drive away sickness. That will cause the cells to come back to their right condition. Lord, that will cause the body to become subject to the word of God. You said, if your spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in us, it shall quicken our mortal bodies. Lord, let the quickening power move through the sick this morning. Lord, let those who are distraught, let peace come to them, Lord. Those who are confused, Lord, let let the truth of your word take preeminence in their lives. Those, Lord, who battle, let them know that you are the mighty conqueror, Lord. That you'll win every battle that you that we commit unto you, Father. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your word. Thank you for this message. Oh, Lord, thank you for this message. Where would we be without this message, oh God? Oh, Father, where would we be? Lord, without the light that you've shone in this hour. Lord, we'd be a lost people. We'd be drifting off into darkness like the rest of the world. But Lord, you've shone your light. You've allowed us to see. Lord, you've caused us to understand and walk in this hour when everybody else is stumbling. You've given us grace to stand. We thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for your life and your light. We pray that you'll be with us today. Be with Brother John Andes as he prepares for the service this evening at camp. Lord, may you minister to us. Lord, we pray an abundant way through your servant. We ask your blessing now upon this service in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Could we sing There is none like you? I think it's in F or G, whichever you like. Let's just let him know from our hearts. There is none
2: like
4: you the service this evenings at four o'clock or I guess that's this afternoon there'll be a service. there'll be a, the church will be open for those that have signed up to stream the service here or from your homes and a live service at the camp for the people on the. US side praise be to God isn't he wonderful do you love him amen God bless you the service is dismissed in Jesus name.